return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And repeat after me, say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to get right into it. I titled the message this morning, Keys to Win in Your Daily Life. And how many know that the Lord wants you to win? Amen. He's made you a winner. He hasn't made you a loser. Amen. He wants you to win every single day in life. And I talked about just a little bit ago how He's already given us the victory. Amen. How many agree with that? He's given us the victory. Don't misunderstand me. We do already have the victory in life. But we don't always walk in that victory. Uh, how many have had days where you haven't felt like you've been very victorious? I've, only a couple of us. The rest of you, praise the Lord. I'm glad. Amen. I'll, I'm going to pray for you for, for lying, but uh, no, I'm joking. But we all have days, don't we? We have days where we don't feel very victorious. And, uh, you know, whether that's you know, and, and everybody has it, whether it's where, where we forget on a certain day what Jesus did for us, or we're ignorant about what the Bible says um, of what he did, or maybe we're prideful in thinking we can do it ourselves, um, but we don't always walk in that victory. Spiritually speaking, when we receive our gift of salvation, though, we've already claimed the victory over Satan through Jesus. Amen. Amen. So when Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, he gave those keys of death, he gave the keys of any destruction, and he gave them to us. He gave the keys to us. Amen. And so the devil doesn't have any authority in your life because of that. Right? He doesn't, the devil doesn't have any authority over your health. The devil doesn't have any authority over your finances. Amen. The devil doesn't have any authority over your relationship. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? That we have the authority over ourselves. We have the authority of what we do every day in our life. So spiritually speaking, when we receive that free gift of salvation, that's, we're claiming that victory. We're saying, Lord, you're my, you're my Lord and Savior. I know you live on the inside of me. <clears throat> I know you have the victory. That means now I have the victory. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I was watching the NBA playoffs this last week, and, and uh I don't know if anybody knows Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's an NBA basketball player, professional player, plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. And this season, they had a great season. They were the best team in the league. They had the best record in the league. And, uh, and they were picked by a lot of people to win the championship. 
Well, they come out in the first round and they lose in the first round of the playoffs to the to the worst seeded team in the playoffs. And you think, well, how does that work? How does that happen? And and uh, Giannis is from Greece, you know, and so um, you know played ball over there. And then he, when he came over, one of the best players in the league. He had that game that they lost. He had 38 points and 20 rebounds in that game. And uh, and so you you know. He's, his level of play is up here, and and so he was in the he was in uh, the room getting interviewed, um, you know, after the game, and of course he's not doing the greatest. But he asked uh, somebody asked him in a in a post game interview, "Do you view this season as a failure?" And you know he he went on for a couple minutes about. Um, how he does not see it as a failure and, and different things. But there was a couple of things that, there was one thing that really stuck out to me about what he said. And he said, there's no such thing as failure in sports, but there are steps to success. And I thought, wow, that's really good. Um, in life, because we are children of God, we're not, there, there's no way we can be consider ourselves a failure. Amen. So in life, there's steps to success. Amen. Just be, you know, we're going to have good days, we're going to have bad days, but every day is a step towards Him. Amen. Every day there's a step towards success, towards our future in Him, towards um, <clears throat> having a closer relationship with Him. But there's these steps, and it reminds me of life. And to say I'm a failure is to go against what God created me to be. If I were to say, well, I'm, I'm a failure at this or that. Regardless, you know, if, if somebody maybe goes to college and doesn't finish college and they feel like a failure, I didn't finish college, I'm a failure. No, you're not a failure. If you know Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So you're not a failure, but there are steps that we take to success. <clears throat> Amen. But if we tell ourselves, well, I'm a failure, I'm not going to make it in this life, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to do this, whatever that may be, it goes against what God thinks about you. Do we go through seasons of disappointment? Sure we do. We can, you know, there's disappointment that comes, but that doesn't mean we're failures. Sidney Nan had a had a uh, a sermon a while back where he said, "Disappointment's inevitable, but discouragement is a choice." So disappointment's going to come, right? But you, we choose to be discouraged. We choose. Uh, to to look at ourselves as a failure in life. We choose to let the devil get the best of us in life. Amen? And I, I titled the message, Keys to Win in Your Daily Life, because at the end, we're all winners. If, if we know Jesus, we're all winners. Right? Conquered death, hell, and the grave. Even in death, we have the victory. Amen? Because we're going to heaven. Um, but to win daily in life, is something that's that's different, right? It's different than just having the keys to victory and, and at the end of your life you have the victory because when you die you're going to heaven. But winning in daily life um, is is separate from the victory that we received in Jesus. Okay? And, and don't get me wrong, we do have the victory already, but every single day our mindset determines how our day goes. Our mindset determines at the end of the day how do I see my day? How do I see myself? Right? Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, 
but the wicked shall fall by calamity. So a righteous man, we're all righteous, and we're the righteousness, hallelujah, in the New Testament. We may fall down seven times, we may fail seven times, but we rise again. Amen? The devil can't keep us down. Life can't keep you down. Because we're victorious in Jesus. Maybe the wicked falls by calamity, but the righteous fall seven times and they continue to get up. Amen. In life, life's going to knock you down. We want to continue to get up. Amen. Continue to keep our eyes up at Jesus. Amen. Let him fill your life. Let him uh, show you what your purpose is in life. Let him help you succeed um, in that area, whether it's school or sports or uh, with your family or in your job, let him help you succeed. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. So when we try to do things on our, on our own, <clears throat> it's going to be hard to win daily in life. Right? Why? Because we don't know everything. We don't know everything about even about us. Right? <clears throat> so it's important that we understand there, there's steps, there's keys to having success. Keys to having success in life, in your daily walk with the Lord. <clears throat> and when it comes to being a child of God, there's no such thing as being a failure. Okay? So, who here is a child of God? Just raise your hand. Amen. Everybody's hand should be up, I think. If not, we'll come up and pray for you. Get born again. Hallelujah. Right? As children of God, there's no such thing as being a failure. Disappointments are going to come, but we don't have to be discouraged about them. And it's easy to say, like, oh, yeah, Pastor Andrew said, I don't have to be discouraged, but this is happening in my life, and this is happening, and this is happening. I'm not saying that we're perfect, but I'm saying that we have the perfect one living on the inside of us. And we have the perfect one with us every morning when we read. Amen. So draw off of him. The Bible says that we're the head and not the tail. That he's made us above only and not beneath. That's the part of the gift of salvation that we received, Right? When we receive that gift of salvation, he made us the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. He's put you in a place of excellence. Amen. Amen. He's put you in a place of excellence. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are, you, are of God, or, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And that them, you know, overcome them, he's talking about the demon and principalities and powers. He's talking about the Antichrist spirit. He's talking about everything that might go against you in this life. You've already overcome them because you have the one who is greater in you, amen, than he who is in the world, who is the devil, who is the God of this world. Jesus in you is greater. Greater is above. His name is higher. Amen. His thoughts towards you are higher. Amen. He lives on the inside of you. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it's written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Amen. So we overcome. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Amen. So we're not just conquerors, but we've even above conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Anything that Jesus does in your life is above and beyond, right? right. Is more than we could expect. 
Amen. Even when you, even when we sin, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace is much more abound. We don't just have enough grace to help us out in our in our struggles, but we have more than enough grace to help us to continue to go higher, right? To reach new heights. Amen. To be where God wants us to be, to walk in the fullness of what He has for us. So we're already more than conquerors. And again, this is just by receiving the gift of salvation. I've only talked about one thing, receiving that gift of salvation, which we've all done, right? We've all done that. So we're all, you're already more than a conqueror. Okay. And today we're going to talk about how do we walk in that daily? How can I walk in that more than a conqueror mentality daily? Amen. And uh, we've already come, already overcome death, hell, and the grave because Jesus did it. He lives on the inside of us. Amen. So having the victory and choosing to walk in the victory are different, though, right? Every day we have a choice to walk in the victory that Jesus gave us. That's why God gave us choices. Amen. Because he's not a domineering God. He's not going to force us into anything, even if he knows what's best for us. Amen. I could, when, my, when my kids get out of the house, I can think that, nope, they're going on this path. Maybe this job, and but this job's available, and I think that they should take this job. And I could think, I know what's best for them, but they still have a choice, right? They still have a choice what they're going to do. And, and I have to trust that, okay, Lord, I trust that they're going to hear from you. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit always leads us down the right path, right? He never leads us down the wrong path. Praise the Lord. He always has good, and, good things for us. <clears throat> Every day we have a choice to walk in that victory. And as Pastor Davis talked about, walking requires steps, right? There's, you have to put one foot in front of the other to walk. It requires steps. And I'm not usually a steps or a keys guy. Um, when I have a sermon, it's not usually like, do these five things or anything like that. And that's not what I want to do this morning. But as I was praying about the message, God gave me these five things as keys to living a victorious life. And you're going to say, well, what about this? What about this? There's all these other things. That's true, but this is what the Lord gave me this morning. All right? He gave me five steps, five things um, that really, it's not even steps. It's not a formula or anything like that, but it's just things to keep in mind, right, as we live life. Okay? So it's not a quick fix to life's problems. Okay? It's not like, okay, if I do all these things, I'm going to be free of uh, any worry or any anxiety. No, every, daily we, we continue to get in the Word. We continue to, uh, to trust in Him. Amen. But if we think of these five things that we're going to go through, um, it's going to bring you to the level that God wants you to be at. So these steps that we're going to talk about might, nece- might not necessarily be in order. It's not like, okay, got to do this, and I'm going to do this. No, we all have adversity. We all handle adversity, adversity different, right? And God gives us things um, one day that he might uh, give us something different the next day. I like when Audrey Mack was here, she talked about you might be going through something and, and he might give you a word of peace and just walking in peace. But then the next time you go through the same thing, he might give you the word of joy. And that's, what's, that's the antidote, per se. That's what you want to focus on that time. Because there's so much in the Bible that we, can, that we can talk about. There's so much that we can use to uh, quench the fiery darts of the wicked one against our life. Amen. Joy, peace, peace. Maybe he wants, uh, 
He wants you to be kind to somebody. That's, that's what you need right in that moment. Maybe he's going to fo- we want to focus on, focus on patience. Whatever it is, just know that God has the right thing for you. He, whatever he tells you to do, do it because it's going to be the right thing. So, here are five things that we need to do if we want to walk in victory in our lives daily. First thing is understand that hardships will come. So, when we do daily, understanding and knowing that, all right, things are going to come in my life. Right? 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So by, by understanding that, okay, the devil, I'm, there's going to be things that come against me um, because I have an adversary. The Bible says we want to be sober, we want to be vigilant, we want to be watchful, amen. We want to uh, be, uh, our, have our eyes open, right, to things going on around us. Because we have an adversary. We have an adversary and because he's the God of this world that fell into sin through Adam and Eve, every day is going to be a battle. Even in this room, spiritually, there's warfare going on all around us, right? Angels and demons, warfare. And it's nothing to be afraid of in our life. It's not like, oh no, there's demons around. We have the one, the greater one living on the inside of us. Amen. So it's nothing to be afraid of. It's just a fact. Right? Remember when Daniel was praying for a word from the Lord and, and uh, the uh, angel Gabriel, was it Gabriel, I think, right? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get there for three weeks. And he says, yeah, I was delayed in my coming because the prince of Persia, who was Satan, right? He's talking about in the spiritual realm, was hindering me from coming. So there's a spiritual warfare that goes on <clears throat> in our life. And and we don't want to have the mindset of, well, just because I'm a Christian, it doesn't mean that I'm <clears throat> never going to have to face uh, health issues. I'm never going to have to face relationship problems. I'm never going to have to face money problems. We don't want to take that approach, right? Because when, we, when those things actually do come, what happens? Well, we start to get bitter. Right? It's like, well, I'm a Christian. I, these things aren't supposed to affect me, right? I'm not supposed to get sick. Well, it's true, because we have the victory, but we still have to deal with it every day in our life, no matter what it is. Temptations is another one. We have to deal with temptations every single day. Okay? The temptations that I face might not be the same as the temptations that you face. We have to deal with them. We have to <clears throat> continue to stand on the word against those things. And the devil doesn't just sit back and watch, right? No. He's, he's an active participant. He wants to be an active participant in your life. Okay? <laughs> he wants to have an effect on your life. Okay? Right? He wants to, have a, ha, wants to have an effect. Continue to remember that scripture. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Just continue to remember that. John 10.10 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, they may have life, they might have it more abundantly. Right? So again, we have this adversary. And he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I believe if we were immune from all that, why would the Lord tell us that in his word? If we were immune from it, all those things, why would he tell us that? He would just say in John 10.10, 10, I've come that you might have life. But no, there's an adversary. Amen? 
And some of you might be thinking like, well, we've heard about all this before. I, I know, me too. I still need it. John 16.33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. And I'm not even, you know, this message, I'm not talking about persecution. I'm just talking about trials and tribulations in your life. I'm talking about things that we go through as human beings, as people, right? As Christians. If we believe that because we're Christians, everything's always going to go right for us, we're not going to walk in victory. Because we're going to get frustrated when the challenges do come. Okay? So if we, if we try to fool ourselves that, well, I'm never going to go through this, that'll never happen to me, when it actually does happen, instead of being ready and knowing that, yeah, oh, there's the adversary coming, we're going to be frustrated because it's like, well, I didn't think this was supposed to happen to me. I thought I was above this, right? Psalm 23.4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Again, not if I walk through, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not going to fear the devil. Like I said, there's spiritual warfare all around us, but we don't have to fear because the greater one lives inside of me than he who is in the world. I'm probably going to just continue to say that through the message uh, because it's such a, something that we want to get down in our mind, right? It lives on the inside of us. It says, We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Amen. So the first thing, understand that hardships are going to come. The second thing we want to do is we want to know how to handle these hardships. Okay? Like I said, if, if we think we're above it, um, and that it's not going to happen to us. We're going to get frustrated. So we want to know how to handle the situation when hardships come. Okay, so let's go to James 1, <clears throat> verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And I've talked about this before, um, this joy in trials um, and uh, in different things, glorying in tribulations. I've talked about this that we're not necessarily joyful about the trial, right? When I'm going through a trial, I'm not, I'm not aiming my joy at the trial, right? But we're joyful because we know that through patience we're going to grow if we handle it well. I think that's another uh, misconception in, in, in the body of Christ, Christian circles, where we think that, oh, this trial, man, it's just, it's just going to produce patience no matter what. Um, well, no, a lot of it depends on how do we handle this trial? How do we handle the tribulation that we're going through? Because I've seen maybe somebody lose a loved one and, uh, and they turn towards God and they, and they do get stronger, right? But I've also seen somebody lose a loved one and turn away from God and they don't get any stronger. They don't get, they don't get any more patient. They don't get any more kind, right? So just because the trial comes, we're not rejoicing in the trial. We're rejoicing because, Lord... You live on the inside of me, and I can enjoy your peace. I can enjoy patience in this. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Again, people say, oh, i got to be happy about this going in my life. <clears throat> but we glory because we know that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character produces hope. So if we handle these hardships in a godly way, on the other side of them is growth. Amen. We grow in patience. We grow in joy. We grow in perseverance. Our character becomes stronger. Amen. Our hope goes deeper. Praise the Lord. 
And we can still have joy because we know our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The other misconception about trials and temptations is that it's God that's putting you through these things. Or maybe He's, um, you know, He wants you to grow in patience, so I'm going to give Him this difficult situation. No, we have difficult situations because of the devil, right? The devil, the fall of mankind through Adam and Eve, that's why we have difficult situations. God's will is heaven be done on earth. Amen. Well, do we have, is there trials in heaven? No, right? There's no sickness in heaven. There's no bad circumstances. All the relationships are great in heaven. Praise the Lord. So it's the devil that brings trials. The devil that brings temptations. Okay? You know, one thing that's always really stuck out to me when Pastor Dave talks about um, when, when Jesus is talking to the disciples and he said, I've pruned you through the word that you've heard. You've been pruned through the word that you've heard. So as we read... <clears throat> It's true, the Holy Spirit will convict us, and he'll say, he might tell you or something like, um, yeah, you know, maybe you should go this way. I want you to go this way. I don't want you to go this way, right? He might tell you that, uh, yeah, that wasn't probably a very good decision. What is he doing? He's guiding us. He's guiding us down the right path. Okay. He's not, we're not walking along <clears throat> on a path that's wrong. And then the Lord spits down fire from heaven so that we'll go this way now. No, he, he talks to us. Like any relationship, he talks with us. He wants us to talk back, right? There's, there's, a, there's a bond between us and the Holy Spirit that as we read the word, as we communicate with him, the bond continues to grow. Amen. And uh, sometimes the decisions that we make get us into trouble, uh, but maybe we'll make less of them as we... Uh, as we communicate with the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, Brothers and sisters, so this is talking just about those who pass on. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you not, do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring uh, with Jesus those who have fallen asleep with him. So, again, you know, we don't grieve we don't handle situations like the rest of mankind who has no hope. Like other people who don't have hope. We have hope. Amen? So every single day when something happens that's adverse to us, we can say, no, I believe that, that, that Jesus died and rose again for me. Amen? Um, I have hope for my situation. I have hope for my family member. It's not a lost cause. Okay? Just because I got a bad grade in, on this, in school, in this class, it's not a lost cause. Amen. I can persevere. God has made me above only and not beneath. Right? Speaking those things out, making sure that every single day we are putting ourselves in a position, okay, again, handling these hardships that come, we're putting our, in our, ourselves in a position to rise above those things. <clears throat> so, why do we count it all joy? Why do we glory in tribulations? Because we know that what God can do inside of us, despite the situation going on in our life. All right. So the third thing I want to talk about. Uh, we want to get counsel from the Lord before you make a decision. Amen? So we've, we understand that hardships are going to come. We, we know how to handle the hardships. The next thing is when we have a big decision or any decision... Get counsel from God. Ask God what you should do. Amen. So many times 
I can look back on my life and I think, wow, that was a bad decision. Did I ask the Lord? No, probably not. Right? I mean, there's, there, there are times where the Lord will just help guide you anyways, even if you don't ask. I know even coming to South Dakota State, um, I didn't ask God where he wanted me to go. I liked South Dakota State because it had just become a Division One school, and I wanted to go there, and it was cheap. That's why I went. I liked the campus. It was the only college that I came to. Um, but looking back, I see how the Lord was even helping me uh, and guiding me. He wasn't making me, forcing me to go to South Dakota State. But what does he do? We might make a decision. Maybe there's two decisions, and neither one of them are particularly bad. Uh, maybe it's going to a school. I know uh, a lot of students for PhDs are going to different schools after this semester. Um, whatever path you go down, maybe he wanted you to go down the other path. Who knows? But if you go down that path, he's going to bless you. He's going to help you. He's going to prosper you. Amen? <clears throat> but we want to ask the Lord. All throughout the Bible, he just says, ask me. Ask me and I'll give it to you. Knock on my door and I'll answer the door and it'll be open. Amen. Seek. Seek the answer and you're going to find it from me. Let's go to Joshua 9. <clears throat> and I always thought this was fascinating. You know, Joshua, if you read the book of Joshua, just he makes, he makes so many good decisions because he seeks counsel from God. I mean, Joshua is one of those guys that you almost look and you think, wow, this guy must have been flawless. You don't see much about things that he did wrong in the Bible. But let's go to Joshua 9.3 here. And, uh, and this is when they're really, they're really starting out taking territory. So they just, took, um, they just took Jericho. They just took Ai, right? Two big cities in the land that God had promised them. And then you have these Gibeonites, okay, from, from Gibeon, okay? And they're in the same land that God had promised to Israel. And so we're just going to read. It says, but when the inhabitants, inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins, torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves. And all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country, now therefore make a covenant with us. Okay, and so we see that they're being deceptive, right? They're setting them up <clears throat> so that Israel won't come in and just annihilate them. So we go to the next verses here, <clears throat> 14. <clears throat> and it says, The men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. <clears throat> and that's what I want to focus on. So you have the Gibeonites coming and... And, and really, you look through Joshua, and he was very—he was stellar at asking the Lord what to do in situations. But in this case, they didn't ask. Maybe it was pride. You know, they had just defeated Jericho. They had just defeated Ai. They thought, wow, the Lord's with us. Um, you know, whatever we do is going to be fine. But for whatever reason, they didn't ask the counsel of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. So, why was this a bad deal? Why, you know, usually think people would say, oh, peace, peace is great. Well, why was this a bad deal? Why was this peace not good? Well, because God had promised them the land. He had, he had told them to drive out everybody, all the inhabitants of the land, okay? Gibeon was part of the land. 
Gibeon was part of the land that God wanted them to, uh, to dwell in. It was part of their inheritance. It was part of the promised land. But because they didn't seek the counsel of God, well, now that part can't be claimed by them. Why? Because God's a just God. So they made a covenant, right? An unbreakable bond. And, and God said, well, no, you're going to have to keep them. Keep them in there, right? Because they made this covenant. We have to understand that wisdom comes from Jesus. I mean, wisdom for decisions in our life come from the Lord. There's times maybe where, where I make a decision and I get lucky. Oh, yeah, wow, that was a good decision. But I really want to, in my life, I want to say, okay, Lord, what would you want me to do so I can have surety and I can have peace um, when I go this direction or that? You know, there's so many times where, um, again, he just wants to help you in your life. So whenever you're going down a path that's good, he's, he, he's cheering you on, amen? And whenever there's a fork in the road, he's just saying, just ask me. I'll tell you what you should do. Ask me, ask me, ask me. And in our life, you know, to, again, to win daily in life, there's going to be decisions every single day. Decisions whether or not to walk across the street to minister to this person or decisions to call um, this family member or whatever the decision is, right? Mm -hmm. To um, interview for a certain job or to interview for a promotion, okay? Um, Sometimes, you know, on the surface, what we can see in the physical, a lot of times um, there's so much more going on behind the scenes in the spiritual that unless we ask the Holy Spirit, we're never going to know, right? So you might see a, a promotion that looks really good, and you think, wow, this is going to be great. I'm going to apply. I'm qualified. Um, you know, I, I, I have, I'm in with the manager or whoever. And the Lord might say, no, wait. Maybe don't take that one. Okay? I'm not telling you if there's promotions out there. I'm not telling you not to take them. I'm telling you to seek the Lord. And if you have peace about it, then go ahead. Go for it. But if you don't have peace, I've told this story before that um, when we were buying a house, you know, we, uh, you know, sometimes as Christians, we, you know, we try to be positive about things, right? Because that's what the Bible says. We want to be positive. We want to think good things. And uh, but we were buying a house, and we were looking at all these houses that just were not good for us. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to be positive. I'm like, oh yeah, we can do this to it, and you know, I think one of them there's basically the basement was a hole in the ground, you know, spiders and oh, we can just close that off, you know, whatever. It could be a, I don't know, an adventure, I don't know. And, and I remember, I was actually with Janine. We were sitting there, um, ready to sign the papers for a realtor, to, for her to be my realtor. And I had all this anxiety in my, in my heart. And I, I was like shaking because I was, you know, how you get nervous if you're, if you're doing something you're not used to doing, you can kind of like fidget or shake. I was just shaking. I just I had all this anxiety, and I, I just said, I can't, I can't do this. I can't commit to anything right now. I, I'm not going to... You know, I think there's a house for $250,000. Maybe it was $150,000. I can't remember. Um, that we were going to put an offer in on, and I had no peace. I had no peace at all. And, uh, and the Lord, shortly after that, gave me a sermon and uh, a word to say, why are you setting link for your Ishmael when I promised you Isaac? I thought, wow, praise the Lord, that is a great word. What was I doing? Well, I was, I was trying to do it my way. 
I was trying to figure out, um, do everything on my own, Can, you know, including setting up meetings. I was taking off work to meet with people, um, you know, mortgage lender and different things like that. Uh, I was, I wasn't doing things that um, that uh, were convenient for me. I was doing something that was convenient for everybody else, but not for me. And as soon as I got that revelation of patience, and as soon as I got that revelation to wait, um, <clears throat> shortly after that, things for the house that we live in now for the last five years, things just started falling into place. Falling into place. I didn't have to take off work for any meetings. I didn't have to, um, <clears throat> I didn't have to uh, change my whole schedule around. No, I was like, this is when I can meet. So, in you know, I think one of the times was like, I can meet this afternoon. And he said, no, we can't, can't meet then. And in the past, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, here, let me see if I can get off in an hour and we'll meet. No, it's just what well, I was trusting the Lord. Okay? And it was one of the most, I mean, the, the whole process of buying this home was the, most, was, the, was the most stress-free process I ever had. Why? Because I allowed the Lord to help me. I allowed him to guide me in the process. I allowed him to help me make those decisions. So wisdom comes from Jesus. If we don't ask him, we've already made the wrong decision. Right? So we want to ask him. In this case, the decision to not seek counsel from God affected the Israelites for centuries until this day, right? A lot of the, I should say a lot of decisions the Israelites made affected them to this day. But then let's go to 2 Samuel. Okay. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel 5, and I've said this verse a lot too. There's a lot to, there's a lot to this one. Uh, 5.17, it says, Now when the Philistines heard that they anointed David king of Israel... All the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? So that's important. David inquired of the Lord. He asked, Should I, should I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal, Perazim. And David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. What was he saying? It was easy. That was easy. Have you ever tried to punch like, if like a faucet, and you just put your finger through it, or you just try to punch water? There's no resistance, is there? So he's saying, this was an easy battle. This was an easy win. Therefore, he called the name of the place Baal-perazim. We go down to verse 22. <clears throat> it says, The Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Um, and I've said this before, same valley, same enemy. Therefore David inquired of the Lord. And he said, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them um, in the front of the mulberry trees. Verse 24. I think I have that one. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Okay, so <clears throat> I said this before, but um, same enemy, same valley, different strategy. Okay, that's why we want to ask the Lord um, for direction, Amen. Because you could be, you could be going through something, <clears throat> and 
Again, like I said, he might give you a word of <clears throat> just praise me. Praise me. That's the word. That's what's going get, to get you through this. That's what's going to win the battle for you. And praise, and it happens. And then <clears throat> maybe down the line, it's the same thing. Maybe it's a sickness, or maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's a relationship problem or financial struggle. And if we just assume that, well, I'm just going to praise, which we should always do, but that's the main thing I'm going to focus on. I'm going to praise him. And, uh, and he's saying, well, no, I want you to focus now on my peace, to have the peace of God. Amen. Same battle, right? Same financial struggle, different strategy. Okay? So, ask the Lord. We want to ask Him, Lord, what, do you want, what should I do in this situation? I know that I've, I've struggled with these things. You know, I love what the Bible says that um, He's gone through everything like we have. He's, he knows our weaknesses. Amen? And that's why we can go boldly to the throne of grace. That's why we can go and ask Him, Lord, I know you've been through this. What, what should I do? Right? He goes ahead of your problem. So whatever problem you have, he's already ahead. Pastor Dave said, and I heard, uh, I heard Lyle say it in, in the ushers group, or Lyle or, or Greg, one of the two, but um, you know, when Pastor Dave was going through things with Angela and the Lord told him, I'm not your problem, I'm your answer. Amen. The answer always comes at the end of a problem. Okay? But Jesus' math is a little different because the answer comes before the problem starts. Right? So we know he's our answer. So we, when we ask him and we rely on him, we can say, Lord, I know you're my answer and that you're going to help me. You're the solution to what I'm going through. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. When we don't seek God, write this down if you can. When we don't seek God, there's fear, confusion, and anxiety. Okay? When we don't seek God, there is fear, confusion, and anxiety. But when we ask Him to help with our decisions, there's clarity, there's peace, and there's hope. Okay? There's clarity. Oh, I love clarity. There's peace. And there's hope. Amen? Amen. <laughs> he, wants us, he wants our minds to be clear. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Amen. When, really what that means is because we have the mind of Christ. Well, what, is, what does Jesus think about? Amen. What's his mind like? Well, his mind's perfect. So we have that mind. That same mind that Jesus has, we have. Amen. And when we ask the Holy Spirit for help, Amen. We're using our godly mind, right? We're using our spiritual mind. I love the verse where it says that um, the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but vouches to us about us to God for our spirit that we're children of God. Amen. He uh, he identifies us as sons of God, as daughters of God. Amen. Well, I'm going to stop. Like I said, it's going to be a two-parter. Um, I'm going to leave you on the edge of your seats. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, cliffhanger, but if you want to know the second part, come out on Wednesday uh, for for the second part of the message. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna tell you what the next two are. Okay, uh, maybe I won't even put it on Facebook. That way, you guys will just come out. Um, no, but Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that uh, in any situation that you want us to win, 
that you want us to overcome, Lord. And we give you praise and honor uh, that you are doing good things. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that um, you said that you know hardships are going to come, tribulations are going to come, but you have already overcome them. You have already overcome that you are greater in us than he was in the world. And Lord, we hold you to that. We thank you that we can because you're faithful, because you're never changing, that you're a God that never lies. And so, Lord, I just pray for everyone here individually that as they go from this place, that you're helping them win. Lord, that, that they will be able to remember uh, you in their decisions. They'll be able to remember you in their day, Lord, that we can be spiritually minded, that we don't walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit. Father, I just give you praise. We honor you um, for everything that you do. Lord, that we are the head and not the tail. We're above only. We're not beneath. We just thank you for your grace to help us in life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get a little clap off here this morning. Praise the Lord. So, no service tonight, but Wednesday, if you want these other two truths, uh, come on out Wednesday at 7. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.